You are now tuned in, tuned in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. What is happening? I'm Packy, and this is episode 100 of the Spectators Podcast. In honor of the milestone, we have a very special guest, co-founder of, of the Spectators, the one and only Moti. What's happening? What's going on? You know, living the adult life. Did you miss potting? Yes and no. <laughs> what do you miss about it? What do you not miss about it? I miss talking about things every week, like all the bullshit that's happening in the world because it just bottles up inside of me. I have no one to talk to. Aaron won't let me talk to her. Just the random vague but Twitter? Just the random vague tweet? Just literally everything just pisses me off. And then, but I don't, I don't miss coming up with topics every week. That's for sure. Yeah. That's the one thing about potting is like when there's something you really want to talk about, it's, it's great to have. And then there's certain weeks where it's just like, I got to find stuff to care about. Like, I just don't even care this week. Yeah. That's real. Um, it's almost just depressing every week. Yeah. Well, you've been, uh, you've been highly requested from the spec fans to get on here. So, um, glad you could make it. He he hit me up last minute. He he bailed on me yesterday to pod to so he could go golfing. So I could play like absolute dog shit. And now and now he's here. So um quick update. We're not gonna I'm not gonna do the spectators music news anymore on the podcast. I've heard the recommendations from you guys about how you want more topics or at least more time spent on the actual podcast topics. And I figure you're going to find out what's going on with the music from every other outlet we have in social media and all the spec guys. So we can, we can keep the podcast separate from the spectators music and keep it as its own thing. Um, so with that said, we won't have the spec news, but we do still have a sponsor. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by green mitten. Green Mitten is a green-inspired lifestyle brand dedicated to cannabis and culture since 2012, based in Grand Rapids. They've been featured in High Times Magazine for the last five years. They have a new clothing line featuring hats, masks, crewnecks, windbreakers, and more. Go to www.green-mitten.com and use promo code PACKY10 for 10% off your order. That's www.green-mitten.com. And use promo code PACKY10 for 10% off your order. Get stocked up on some new gear for the fall. Um, subscribe to the Spectators Podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thank you to all the loyal listeners. And let's pod. You are now tuned in, tuned in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. All right, so before we get into just maybe some topics, things going on in the world, all that good stuff. Um, I, I didn't have a ton of time to prepare questions for you since it was kind of last minute, but, uh, one thing I've always admired about you, Moti, and just watching your journey over the last decade is how you've managed to kind of march to the beat of your own drum per se, and not get swept up in any, any particular outside influence or wave of the time, um, trying to ride some, some wave you've, you've managed to just do what's best for you at every stage, or at least that's how it's come across to me. Um, you got into the music before I did, 
uh, you, you were an outsider in that, just a nerdy little white kid trying to rap. Um, you took your college degree and moved out to LA to, to pursue music. Uh, right after um, a successful de- debut album that we dropped, you it, probably, what, a year after that album, the parlay, you wanted to take a back seat on the music and focus on launching an independent music label. Um, and then finally, a few years later, you started a family and decided it was best for you to get out of the music business and get a quote unquote real job and start kind of climbing the ladder doing that. And to your credit, you've already climbed that ladder to a high level and are super successful right now. So my question is very broad, but what is some advice you would give to people, um, from an entrepreneurial perspective, I think there's a general feeling out there that it's always one or the other. Like you either chase a, a wild dream or you settle for something else. It feels like there's no in between sometimes, but I look at you and I feel like you've kind of done both. You still could do plenty of things and you're happy and you're successful and you're only 32 years old having done all those things. So just speak to that. Um, whether it's advice, things you've learned, certain principles, you've tried to follow and, and having things just fall into place based on that, that, that have helped you along the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, that's deep. I know. I wasn't prepared for that deep of a question. I tried to give it a nice spiel to give you some time to think. I know. And now I, I don't, it's funny because I have to, uh, being a manager at my job now, I have to, uh, take this like VQ personality like test and they have to like, I have to do like three sessions with this guy that's like supposed to like guide us through our blind spots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that like <laughs> you say like you said that I, I go to the beat of my own drum or whatever. Cause he was just, he, he made it sound like I don't do that. He like that I follow different people, and I was like, "You don't know anything about me." <laughs> like, <laughs> if you only knew like everything that I've done, like I don't think you would be. I feel that. like people in positions like that, administering things like that, have certain just go to, go to critiques because there have to be critiques. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. And I and I get I get where he's coming from because he's assuming he's assuming that like I'm. Like 85% of the people that he probably talks to are the people that went to college, graduated in something, went into this job, and have just been there for a while only to come across a management job and now are searching for a way to lead instead of to to just, like, be a typical, you know, employee just trying mm-hmm. to get their tasks done and stuff like that. Right. But what he doesn't he know... He thinks he's talking to people just transitioning from years of of being the, I mean, everybody's an employee, but years of being the employee and now managing. Right. People. But he doesn't know how many years, like we had a business together and right. like, we're the ones calling the shots with that for years and years and years and right. years. And you and actually spent very little time being the other part. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. That was just funny to me though. Cause I kind of had to bite my tongue and just well, like, but. I guess, and I can give you even another second to think too, because even your your initial response to that of not really knowing how to answer, kind of give kind of answers the question a bit to me, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, all those different things I named, all those different um, stages of your last, really like not even a decade, um, because I mean, if you include getting started in rap, yeah. But if you think about, we dropped the parlay in 2013 and yeah. it's 2020 now and all the, all the different stages of your life from that point on. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people think you have to have some big master plan, but in reality, you're just faced with these decisions on a day-to-day basis and you kind of just make them as you go and end up looking back. You know, what I was going to say to that is I, you're right. And I, I think the biggest thing that people miss on is that I think that cause you hear it all the time. Like everybody's, everybody doesn't want to um, compromise. It's always like plan a plan a plan a, I didn't have a plan B. Yeah. All that. That's a bunch of stupid shit. Like mm. that's, that's how you know that like, cause all you hear about is the 5% of people that actually make that plan a work without having to sacrifice anything right. or do anything else or pivot or, right. or whatever. It's not even sacrifice. I don't even like to use that. Yeah. Not sacrifice, but they didn't have to pivot. their, their plan a worked. And so it's cool yeah. for them to go. And there are those people for sure. Yeah. Like that's life. But like what about the 95% people, of people that didn't have a plan B and failed at plan A? You but, don't hear from them. Well, or they just don't talk about it. Like yeah. they make it sound like it was the plan A when it really wasn't the plan A. It was right. plan A modified just a bit right. to make it sound cool, but it wasn't as cool as what they make it sound. Right. And that, and, and I guess that's my thing is it's like, dude, so many people piss me off of just like, you have to, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to just do different things, try different things, fail at different things, succeed at other things, and then ma- mesh those together and just keep growing as a person. Like that's, that to me is what defines a successful person. It's not, it's not how much money you make, what type of cool job you have, what house you live in, what car you drive or anything like that. It's like, dude, you take certain things that you learn in life and then you're just like, this makes me happy. This doesn't make me happy. This makes me happy. This Mm -hmm. doesn't make me happy. And then over a culmination of years, I still haven't gotten there at all but I'm still learning Mm. and I feel like I'm closer to that point, but I'm still not a hundred percent like, yeah, I I'm cool with being here right? my entire life. And this is what makes me happy. Like, dude, there's so many different things that I'm still striving for to this day that it's just like, you you, you don't, you've always been good at pulling the trigger on, on, on big decisions. As far as like, I know it wasn't easy for you to, completely back away from the spectators and move on. No, but, and, but that's one thing you've always been able to do is just like, you know what? I think this is the move. I, we've told this story a million times, so I won't tell it in detail, but I, I will never forget the moment we decided to, to try the label thing because it was just a, it was a, a spur of the moment at our place in Phoenix. We ended up just talking about it for like six hours, one day. And that was it. Yeah. We made the decision, we pulled the trigger, and we, and we moved on from there, which, in hindsight, to people on the outside, it might have seemed crazy. Like, yeah. it, it felt like we had just accomplished our goal. Like, we moved out to L.A., we dropped our album. It was a huge success for us. Yeah. And 
here we are like, okay, no more spectators duo. Spectators is a label now. Packy's the art, like this massive change from an outside yeah, perspective. For sure. But it, it made sense for us. We knew it made sense for us, regardless of what people might think. And we just went with it. Well, it's thinking into the future too. Like that, that to me, that's also the other part of that is in order to be happy in life, you can't always be looking in the moment. You have to be looking to the future and you have to know when to pull that trigger. Like it, you have to kind of view things as an experiment too, as far as like, you're going to make mistakes like all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and if you never make those mistakes, you're living a pretty mundane life to me. Like it's not, it's not right. Like how, how are you even supposed to know what a good choice is if you don't make a mistake? Right. Like, so you, so you live this boring, you know, life that you really didn't test the boundaries on. How are you supposed to know how far you can go with certain things? Right. And, and I think that's a big thing is like, dude, I mean, we know we've made mistakes like in Absolutely. this business and stuff. But the thing is, I feel like we've made that many, that much more great ones is because of the fact that we were like, okay, well, this didn't work. And we know that for mm. a fact. So we can take that mistake and we can say, okay, this is, it, instead of it being, oh, 25% maybe the right direction, now we know it's 65% yeah. in the right direction. And you have to, we made that mistake. And you have to be able to also rec recognize when something is a mistake. Not even yeah. a mistake, but that it's not going to work. You have to have the fortitude to stick with something to, to see if it will work. Yeah. Which, some, which we've talked about that before, too, how a lot of people don't. They're not able to have the fortitude and the consistency to see something through enough to know if it will work. Yeah, I, right. And yeah. then, B, you also, if you do that, you have to know when it's run its course yeah. and you need to pivot to something else. And honestly, like, we can have this conversation. I bring it up in a way of I admire some of the things you've done in that regard to this point in your life, and I can speak to it feeling like I'm someone that's kind of in it right now. I've I was just talking to Ali about this um, last night. He's He wants to get this verse from me, and I feel bad. I've been bullshitting. Like, I just have not been writing stuff I like. I haven't really been recording much. I'm just in a rut. And um, part of that, and I've been open about it. I've talked about it on the podcast before. Part of it is just the music in general. Like, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I've matured. I've grown up a bit. I have different things that are maybe important to me now than maybe what used to be. And, um, it's, it's a struggle to have the same inspiration for the music. Yeah. Um, I put everything into guess you had to be there. And I felt like I had a really good mix on that album of kind of grown up aspects while still being fun. Because that's one thing I never want to do is like two things, I guess. I never want to fake it. I don't want to go make fun rap music for young people because that's what's hot, but it's not my reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, if I'm not going out every, every night drinking with the boys, but I'm making songs about that, yeah. I just can't do that. No. Um, on the other hand, I don't enjoy quote unquote super mature rap. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of caught in that, in the middle there where I, and where I found, yeah. where I found my niche is almost, um, motivational rap. Yeah. And I know like, I've, that's kind of been my niche over the last however many years, the entrepreneurial, motivational, inspirational rap. 
um, because that's something I do relate to. And I, I don't find that to, and it's just me that I'm not into the super mature. Like I don't find that grown rap to be dope to me. The, but the, yeah. what, but what I do like, and this is still grown. I do like, I like Nipsey. I like, but to me, that's motivational. That's hustle. That's, that's that type of grown, not grown. Like, yeah, I'm a dad now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, chance, like, you know how people will clown chance, you know, yeah, yeah. things like that. I and I, I don't, I don't ever, I don't want to clown him because that's his life. What are you supposed to, rap? like I said, you can't rap about fake stuff, but, but I don't it's enjoy what he wants that. to rap about. Exactly. But, but you, you have a right as the consumer to say you don't like it. Exactly. And, and I have that struggle for me of that's like not the dad shit, but the getting a little more mature and grown up is my life. But I don't enjoy listening to super grown mature music. And so I'm trying to, and I feel and like guess you had to be there the was a good in between and then just having a hard time moving forward with it. And sometimes you just get in ruts after albums and you snap out of it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I guess that's the thing is like, I, with the music stuff, it's tough because I still like it, but at the same time, it's like, dude, the music industry is like, really messed up to me right now it's like it did ruin it for me in the sense of like how how fake a lot of things are how like engagement isn't even really engagement anymore it's just kind of like like the whole fun of it beforehand was that it was just grassroots like everything was just grown by yourself well and i i get not to interrupt but i get caught up in that myself sometimes but you have to you do have to remind yourself that as you get older, the game just kind of changes, but it remains the same. As far as what what I mean is, yes, you have that aspect of there's a lot of just fake traction, fake there's fan a, bases, a fake numbers. Yeah, but there is still grassroots, and you might the grassroots guys might not be on the charts. They might not have the numbers. But they are out there. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. And it's working I'm, for them. Like they're yeah. making money. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I think that I think it's been it's been minimized though because of the fact that it's so hard to even maintain that. Oh, it is. Like you have to like I, I remember, do you remember the rule that we came up with? You remember when Facebook was first like a thing and we were starting this thing? And I told you we have to post at least two times a week in order yeah. to like, and that was our rule. Yeah. Pfft, not today. Like yeah. that you have to literally be glued to glued yeah. to that. And, and, but the, the thing, this is why I get so turned off by it is because they want that. Right. Like, but here, here's what I'm trying to counter that with. And we can have this conversation. I agree. That is like the main way to get quote unquote popping, but I'll use, I'll give you an example of someone whose music I really like, um, but I also respect the hustle and I find it to be real. Cal. Okay. He, he's probably got like 400 some thousand Spotify listeners monthly, mm -hmm. which if you look at other people in the industry is not a huge number. Didn't he have, have some like industry connect though or something? He was like signed that? and he had like yeah. a manager. He had the same management some, as Chris Brown. Some, and, yeah, yeah, but he's independent. He's been he's independent, independent for, now, but I know that he had some sort of. Yeah, but but he that was when he was doing his worst. He's but let me finish my example with him. So he's been independent now for a couple of years. Okay. Um, and he started 
actually dropping music consistently and, and doing all these things. He doesn't, at least to my knowledge, and I'm not on social media all the time, so I can't say for sure, but I follow him. He's not one of those just constant posting and constant doing things for attention. But like I said, those Spotify monthly listeners compared to other people in the industry is not all that much. Um, but it's pretty good. It's great. It, it's yeah. great. And don't get me wrong. Like yeah. it's, it's great. It just depends on who you're comparing it to, but I guess I'll, I'll bring it home now with he puts out a music video and it gets a lot of views. Mm-hmm. He does a show. He brings people out. He sells merch. It sells out yeah. quickly. Yeah. That's a real fan base to me. Yeah. And I like the fact that let's, let's put it this way. I bring up to 400,000, some Spotify listeners, if that's what it is, 400, 500. And trust me, I'm not trying to say it isn't much. It's way more than I have. Um, it, it's all about comparison, but I'm saying let's take. Well, it's about how many, how much of those are real. But that's what I'm saying is let's say he goes and sells out a, a 400 person venue in Chicago or something. Mm. Okay, um, somewhere where he's not from. Um, let's take somebody else that is doing that same venue and is bringing out half that crowd. Right nowadays, in all likelihood, they might have more social media following. They might have. Um, more Spotify monthly listeners, all the outward facing numbers, but they're not yeah. making the money because the f- actual fans aren't there. But I guess that's what I'm saying is like, even, even this discussion is just annoying to me because it's just like, when did we get to the point where you had to like put so much freaking effort into like looking at the data in order to figure out how popping somebody is like, it didn't used to be this like, crazy equation as to like are they doing this are they doing that or whatever it used to be pretty apparent to like but don't you think that's just like aren't we just the old heads then though because i agree with you i hate it i hate it it's one of the things i hate the most about this music shit but wasn't it just something different when we were coming up like wasn't it just, I remember like, um, there, there were certain people that would get booked that we'd open for that. We actually had more fans of because they had way more Facebook likes. No, no, no. You're, it was actually Facebook followers. You're, then you're, It was just a different number. It was a looking. different game for sure. But, but all that I'm saying is that like, there was no, there was no, um, uh, virtual outside influence on what you had actually built at the time. Yeah, you had the the blogs that obviously had their biases and stuff like that. You had the booking agents that obviously had their biases and stuff like that. But that was all physical things, like outside of what was actually happening virtually because it was so new mm. that I mean Facebook was barely even monetized at the time. Like they weren't they weren't pushing ads like they are now. Like they weren't making you buy to reach more people at the time. The same with Twitter and all that. It really is. It's a big, it's a big pay for play game right now, which has always been the worst part of one of the worst parts about the music industry is pay for play. And it's every platform now is almost pay for play. But that's, that's kind of my gripe with it all is it's just like, dude, it used to be that if you could garner a fan base, have quality music and push it in the, you still had to be on top of your marketing game. Don't get me wrong, but it was you. But that's what I'm that's the only thing I'm pushing back on is I agree with you. We have opened it up to a whole new world of pay for play. Independent, do it yourself, pay for play artists. 
Okay. But I still think you can do it the way you would like to see it be done. That's, that, but that's why I bring up like, and I know everybody's got like, you can bring up a lot of different, like, wasn't he signed at one point, whatever. But when I bring up Cal, like, I look at it as he dropped a bunch of music. He put out little freestyles on social media. He um, shot really quality, dope videos. And I'm he not. gets real fans and numbers from that shit. And and I'm not tight with Cal. I don't see his pause. I don't see his back end. No, um, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm agreeing with you in the sense of, like, but I think you... You and Cal have an advantage. Like, dude, somebody can't do what we did today. Like, you're it's saying just, there's already a base possible. there to tap into. You already got it. Like, you got. You I don't got know it that it's cheaper. not possible, though. I don't know that it's not. Possible. You got it for. You got it for cheaper than what somebody else had has to do today. You, somebody else cannot do yeah, what. But, you But also do. think of it this way: when we did it, like when we were really coming up, doing the YouTube game and all that shit, trying to get exposure. Yes, we didn't have to put money into it as far as, like, obviously we had to put money into our studio. You had to put time. And time, all that shit. And time is money. But I'm saying as far as actually, like, paying for no. ads and paying to get on playlists, playlists and, and things, things like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we also, there was no return on anything. You put your music out for free. Yeah, for you sure. You posted on YouTube for essentially but free. It, but it was it was the... You knew it. You, right, you knew what I'm the end game it, was. But I'm saying at least now, if there are different things that are beneficial to your career that, you, that you're paying for, whether it's ads or whatnot, there is some return on investment for you. Like right now? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not arguing that. And it all sure. just depends on what you're doing and what type of artist you are. If you actually are gaining fans and you're doing other things. But, but it's, it goes back to the argument that we... I feel like we had before we stopped podcasting together is it's, it's the dog chasing its tail. Like these, these artists nowadays, and this is why, this is why I, I am turned off by the whole idea of all of this stuff is because for sure, these artists are making more money in their first few years than what we could. But the longevity isn't there. You can't, you can't right. sustain. Well, it's that's so why, hard to sustain. That's why I've always told younger artists like when they it got they got them chasing their tail and that that yeah. to me is the biggest thing when it comes to like, all this Spotify playlisting and things like that I, I understand the temptation for younger artists and I and I speak from experience now because I held out on it for super long and I finally did a couple little dabbles into it to see what it was all about it's it's for lack of a better word this might be extreme but it's a scam like it yeah it's like you said it's 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 a dog chasing its tail and i get the temptation i understand it but that's why i've always recommended to artists if you're going to put some money into your music put it into um videos put yeah. it into things like that that marketing will, yes that someone will actually be like wow that's dope this guy is dope i'm going to pay attention to him yep. and you might not it might not be as sexy because you don't just see these the the Spotify monthly listeners being on public display has been one of the worst things for artists. No, because but people chase that and compare yeah. themselves to everybody else with that number. But that's why Spotify likes it. Is because, I know. I mean, you even got the CEO of Spotify being like, "Why are artists complaining? 
They should just be creating more. Yeah. Duh. That's what they want. Like, right. the, and, and their whole system is designed to get the artist to do that. Yeah. Like, you think you're better than the system? No. They want that. Right. And yes, I'm not saying that there aren't going to be outliers that are able to beat that for sure. There will always be that. It's not going to be as many as it was back in the day. Right. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it was just our personal journey, but it just really did feel like when you were doing the YouTube thing back when we were coming up, you really felt like you were connected to fans and you were, you could feel yourself making fans. Whereas now your Spotify monthly listeners go up. You have a, you have some song that's getting crazy streams. Do you really feel it? Do you really feel it in like your interactions no. and things? You're you're not get you're not even getting any feedback. Yeah. Like where's the feedback coming from? Yeah. And if you're not doing the right thing depending on what playlisting you're going through and things like that, like are you even reaching real people? Do they even give a shit? Do like, they even know who you are? Yeah. So it's it's tricky. Like there's and there are people that have successfully um either use that as part of their come up or successfully game that where it's worked for them. It, that that's not impossible either. Um, no, I, I'm, I, that it's exactly what I said. I, there are people that will do that yeah. like, and, and be successful. Yeah. In it. It's not a lot. And that, that's what I'm saying. Is and you just, have to have money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to have the time. Like, I mean, I, I don't know about you and, and I used to think differently about this, but now like, as you get older and older and older, you do realize like, man, creativity has its limits as far as like, you have to take a break. You have to like reassess have new experiences all that stuff like you you can't just be create it's not a it's not a it's not a typical job like yeah. you can't just do it like it's a job and so that to me is the biggest thing that hurts all of these artists is that because you're in these this dsp world that you have these artists chasing their tail to get the paycheck every time that what happens when you're, you're getting older. You're not as, as creative as you are. You need to have that mo those more experiences. Every artist does it. You won't be, you're not immune to that. There's only a few artists in the entire universe that actually can create at that magnitude. What are you going to do that? Mm. You're not going to have a paycheck. Right. Right. Yeah. And I guess to bring it back full circle, that's where like you've kind of done it to a degree. I'm in the middle of it as far as like, we talked about the music specifically now, but then there's also the aspect. And I, like I said, I've always been up front with the fans and things about how um, I have to think about what's next for me after music. I don't want to be um, looking for the next song I'm going to make when I'm 40. You know, yeah. I just, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just not me. And I'm already knocking on that door of like, what's, I actually enjoy sitting down and potting now um, a lot of times more than I do sitting down to make a song. Yeah. Um, that's just, that's just who I've developed into, you know? No, I mean, that's fine. Um, but anyway, we, we've kind of beat that to death, I guess. Um, speaking of DSPs, I know I just mentioned it to you before we went live is, um, had you been hearing about the Joe Budden Spotify situation? Yeah, I literally, I almost finished the entire thing about what they, was it the most recent the hour and a half long, whatever thing. You were were you on like YouTube or Spotify? YouTube. Okay. Um, because then I I know they had the big episode discussing it, and then they also had like a follow up episode, kind of talking about it. It a was bit, the views from the spot episode yeah. or whatever. I just I just listened to that as well. I guess just give me your first <clears throat> give me your first impressions on that. 
because it's kind of a big, it's kind of a big deal as far as things you and I like talking about and things we've talked about on the pod when it was the two of us before. Like this is right up our alley. My initial thought on it without finishing the episode, because maybe I'll sound stupid by just because I have like 38 minutes left. Of yeah. Disclaimer, the episode hasn't finished. But. Yeah. It's to me, the way that Joe Budden talks about a lot of this stuff just kind of irritates me a little bit. And he's in he's, what way? He definitely in every situation that he has with any of these platforms, like the, no matter what platform that he's been on. <laughs> I just feel like the guy, like, and I, res I respect him for, like, sticking up for what he believes in and stuff like that, but I think, I think he goes too far in the sense of, he thinks that he, he's going to be able to create this, like, creator's utopia of everybody being respected for their art and getting paid what he deems as their fair share and everything like that without really, truly understanding what it actually takes to have everybody get what they deserve in this situation. Like, I really don't think he, he, he can't like Spotify, for example. I mean, I don't know how as Joe Bun and without knowing what the actual, like, what were they offered? Like how, how many millions of dollars mm. were they offered to stay there? Yeah. They didn't really get into numbers. He, he said that it was a lot of money Yeah, and he turned it down. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's in the millions. He said they would be millionaires. Yeah. Okay. So and he was talking to Rory a month. Let's just go off of the fact that they'd all be millionaires. Yeah. Okay. So if that's actually the case and you say that they're undervaluing you and you're going to walk, which is essentially what he's saying, right? Yes. So, and, and they're, they're essentially saying too, that they're Spotify and they're one of the top podcasts on the platform. They should be getting more money, right? Yeah. Because, because I mean, Spotify is making a lot of money off of and that. And other than, and I don't pay attention to the Spotify podcast charts. And, and I don't either. Not so that, don't. And not that those would even tell me anything because we all know how even like the the um, Apple podcast charts and stuff don't tell you the what, yeah. who's actually doing yeah, the best I mean, on a consistent it, basis. But um, it, it, they pretty much claim, other than now Spotify getting Joe Rogan on deck, they talk about it like they're the biggest podcast on Spotify. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, yeah, let's just say that that's true. Okay. Just for the sake of argument, which, I, to me, I, I, I would want to look into that. I but, always wonder about that, too. I'm, but I, I will, of, of course, give them they're one of the biggest. Yeah, fine. Like, I'll even give them, for the sake of this discussion, they're number one. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. So, but... I always hate how every single time some creative has this argument, they never ever get into the fact of where the, where is Spotify with their financial situation? Like, are they, cause here's the thing. You can have the best platform in the world or whatever, but where are they? Like they, they've been working on this platform since even before you even knew what the hell Spotify was. It's been Years and years and years and years and years of them building this platform. And yeah, they've been number one for, you know, what, like five years or something like that, or maybe even maybe less. Maybe even less, but yeah, yeah maybe about, even less. About that. But let's just say five years just for the sake of argument. Like, let's just say, like, Spotify, I mean, and I think that they are. Like, I don't think that they're even making a profit yet. 
I don't know. I don't think that they are. Last that that's last that I heard, I don't think that they are. So, I mean, even even if they, I think let's just say they just started because I'm I'm almost positive last year I heard that they were not making a profit. Um, but to to assume that you're worth today, this is February sixth, two thousand. Hold that thought. February sixth, two thousand nineteen. Today, for the very first time. Spotify is reporting that it's turned a profit. Some 13 years and 96 million paid subscribers later, Spotify is finally making money. Okay, so, dude. That's a year and a half ago. I mean, a year and a half? And they they started, what, 14 years ago? Yes, 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Well, 14 now, yeah, 14, 15. 14 years ago. 14 years. Yeah. But dude, that's that's also what bothers me with Joe Budden a lot too, and I feel like I feel the same way as you. I there are aspects of Joe's mindset that I respect. Wait, and, be, before you yeah, say that, ahead. because my my bottom line is, and this is this is what I this is what irritates me about about people like Joe Budden, is I know what they're thinking. I know what their utopia of this creators thing is. The platform should be breaking even. Everybody should be making money, but it should all be dispersed amongst them so that the company isn't making a crap ton of money so that all the creatives and everybody that makes this company, this company is getting their fair, quote unquote, fair share. Pay the Spotify um, employees, but the executives shouldn't be getting fat and happy and the stockholders shouldn't be getting fat and, and happy. And the company itself. Right. Like, because you have to hold something in the company. Like, right. if but you're I know, smart, But I'm saying that essentially is the executives and the stockholders. Essentially. Because the money will go somewhere eventually. Uh, yeah, but you still, like, I mean, even for, like, a rainy day and stuff, or a rainy five years or to expand and, yeah i mean the economy isn't always going to be great like we're living in it right now like there's ups and downs mm -hmm. all the time so as a company you don't want to be constantly on the verge of not having enough money to pay out all your creatives and stockholders and everything like that by not holding anything either right so there's a lot of moving parts that go into all this and and what spotify is worried about is keeping spotify up Right. And and that is the creatives, but it also is the people that work for the company. It's the executives. It's all of that stuff. Well, here's here's like you go into a lot of different things. What about just this simple question? Like, I, I wonder what his answer to this is. If the Joe Budden podcast is making Spotify as much money as Joe Budden says they are which he claims they're they're generating lots of money for Spotify. Okay. I feel like he's saying like nine figures and stuff okay. like that. Why wouldn't Spotify figure out a way to keep them up aboard? Like and and that's kind of my thing is he he always comes from this place of he has so much leverage. And I don't think that's wrong. It's actually something that I, I like about him. I think he does. Yeah. yeah. And and you have to go make, you should go take that everywhere. It's actually something he kept flexing when they made the Spotify deal. But I think he has a false idea of but, how but much that's what I'm saying is, um, and, and I remember even on the podcast, they talk about, you know, you've got leverage and stuff when you can walk away from millions of dollars. Okay. And I agree with that. Yeah. You also know you have leverage when you can let your biggest podcast walk away 
and not bat an eye. That's the biggest thing. And, and that, but that's my thing is, and he kept, th- this, this is one of the things that bothered me with his spiel is he kept throwing around. And I don't know if this is the pod you were listening to, or if it was the follow-up, was he using the word pillage? Yes. Yeah. I think that's when I dropped off as like the first couple <laughs> words of, or the first couple usages of pillage. He kept, he kept using the word pillage and I'll give you, I'll give you an example. He used the word pillage in talking about how Spotify is pillaging Joe Budden podcast listeners because Joe Budden brought his listeners to Spotify exclusively. Duh. (laughs) But that's not pillaging. You use the word pillage like, like, and if I haven't looked it up in the dictionary, but pillage is associated with a negative connotation. But yeah, that's, that's why he uses it. But that's just a that, that's just what the deal was. Hey, you have this big fan base. We're going to pay you to bring them over here exclusively. What what else do they gain? But that's what I'm saying like who is he t- who is he telling this to using the word pillage where people are like it just makes it like the big bad wolf and it's like that's just a business deal. Like that's exactly what you signed up for. And then he kept using the word he kept the, the two that bugged me were pillage because he said it a lot. It wasn't just a one time. He kept using the word. It was it was an effort to use the word pillage. Yeah. And it was an effort to use the word oppression all the time. Yeah. And it was like, bro, you were so happy about this deal when you signed it. Mm-hmm. And this isn't you weren't the young gun. Like you were the guy that knew about deals and knew like valued yourself and knew the leverage you had and said no to a million offers and then went with Spotify. Yeah. So I'm okay with you getting to the end of your contract, deciding that they're not giving you the deal you think you're worth and you go elsewhere. Yeah. That's I think that's, contract works. I think that's all about what yeah. like, and I, and I, um, I actually think as opposed to some other people, I think Joe has a good um, finger on the pulse of what he's worth. Um, so I don't, at least as far as like being willing to bet on himself, so many people aren't. So many people will run for a no. That's why I check. said. That's why I said. I, but my re- thing I is, respect him for that. But my thing is, stop, stop with the pillaging and oppression. And you made a deal with Spotify, and you loved it. Yeah. Just let it be what it and, is. And we're ignoring. Like, are you telling me that you didn't reap any benefits from that, from that uh, relationship? Yeah. Like, because that's the thing. A lot of these, like, talks about how we're switching deals and things like that, that a lot of these podcasters do, it's always the one end, but it's like, and they act like they didn't get shit other than money. Like, they didn't get anything out of it. Get the, you were on the number one DSP for two years. You're telling me that all you did is bring your fans there and they pillaged them? Well, even if it was sim- even if it here. was simply you bring your fans here and they pay you whatever it was, that's, that's I I already said this, so I'll breeze past it. But Joe Budden is the guy in the music industry that is all about knowing what you're signing and what the deal is and value yourself and leverage and all this shit. So even if there wasn't anything in the deal for them, what are you doing? But, yeah, but, but I mean, then, I mean kept, are we are we really he kept are we contradicting really? himself though too of where he would go in on Spotify and like I said he would use words like pillage yeah, oppressed yeah, whatever right. but then he would randomly turn around and 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 this isn't just 
shit on Spotify. Like, let's, we might work with them in the future and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can't, people do this all the time. You shit on someone for 15 minutes and then, but it's, it's all love, right? Like, yeah, that's, it doesn't make any sense. Just whatever energy you have, just have it. But that's, that's the creative though. That, that's the whole problem with, with the creatives and the agreements. Like all they, all the other entity is, is just the platform. Well, like, and, and here's the thing, like, like dude, dude. what he was talking about, like bringing in, like he, he was bringing up Amy Schumer and she's not a podcaster and they just brought her in and gave her a deal and, and whatever. And her podcast isn't nearly as good as, and, and, as, okay. and as whatever. But he, my thing to that is like two things can be true. Joe Budden can have an awesome fan base, have the best podcast, biggest fan base, be making the um, most money gross for Spotify. That can be true. Also, Spotify can determine that based on what Joe wants, it is not in their best, it is in their better interest to take these celebrities who are willing to take less of a deal yeah. And give more of a cut to Spotify, even though the numbers aren't as big. Yeah. It works out for their bottom line better. Yeah. Both of those things can be true. Right. But he he keeps acting like it has to be one or the other. No, you're like, you're we're, right. like we're better than Amy yeah, Schumer. You're right. So why does she have this and we have this? Well, it's the same thing in the music industry where if an artist is signed to a 360 deal, they're going to get more um, of a push from the label than an artist that's is a partner with the label or, or an artist that um, takes a bigger cut. Yeah. An artist right. that's a partner with a label because the label stands to make more money. Right. Like, and that's not oppression. That's business. Right. Exactly. That, but the, and I think that's where the disconnect is, is it's, it's kind of like, put it this way, put it this way. If, if, if you're my artist, okay? Yeah. And then I also have um, Apollo, okay? So Moti and Apollo are signed to me, all right? You're in a 360, which means I get a cut of everything you do, mm. okay? With Apollo, all I, all I get is um, I'm a partner with him on his distribution. So I get 50% of his actual catalog, but he gets his tour, he gets his merch. Yeah. All this stuff, but I get a cut of everything of you. Yeah. Apollo might be a clearly doper artist with more fans than you. Okay. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put shit tons behind you. Right. It doesn't mean fuck Apollo. No. He's still my artist and I'm still making money on him. Right. And good for him. Keep killing it. But I'm making more on you. Yeah. You're just not making that's as much on That's not me that. being a bad guy. That's me running my business to make some money, just like everybody else is out here trying to make a buck. But also it's it's about expectations and, and your ability to take a risk and things of that nature as far as like, dude, of course you're going to put more money into the guy that you have a 360 deal with than the other guy that you're not making near as much money on. That's just good business. But second of all, these these artists have to understand too that like when somebody like Joe Budden says, "Well, our our time with Spotify came to an end, and I know my worth, so I'm gonna go somewhere else." Now, to somebody that maybe doesn't think too critically into this stuff, that sounds 
like, yeah, Joe, fuck the man, like type of type of that shit. But if you actually go down deep into this thing, there starts to become some scary thought in your head if you're Joe, as far as like, that's a risky, risky thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. As far as he better be damn sure of his worth because that can easily not turn out so well for him. And he's lucky because this isn't music. This is podcasting. So he's still like, I, I don't, I don't like com- like a lot of his like music conspar- comparisons and stuff like that. They're kind of right and kind of wrong at the same time. As far as like, man, if I like a podcast, I don't care where it is. I yeah. like the personalities on it. So I'm going to go get it. Yeah. Like it, it's not really a thing for me unless you go to somewhere like title and you literally don't put it anywhere else. And then, and then I have a decision to make as far as like, well, I use Apple music and is this worth me paying $10 a month? But or that's what I mean. Like I can only speak for myself as far as ex- exclusivity to me, your podcast, but they weren't to- exclu- exclusively on Spotify though. Well, they were on YouTube and Spotify. But YouTube's open. I know. I know. But I'm saying And that's all I listen to it on. That's fine, but I'm telling I'm telling you for me, and I think there's a fair amount of people like this. If if you have an exclusive deal, it better be with Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or I'm probably I better love your podcast. But that's that's why I say it's a risky move, is because there's not a lot of places that he can go. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's Apple podcast. And what are all these other places thinking about Joe now? Like, is he agreeable? Can I work with this person? Dude. And that's the other thing. They all work the same way. That's the other thing that I always wonder what goes on behind the scenes with, with Joe Budden and with these companies is now he's officially, if there was ever a question He's officially the guy that is never happy with his employer. Yeah, for sure. Like, they cannot do right by him. Yeah. And it's like, why do you... There's millions of creators out there. Yes, he's one of the best, if not the best. Like, not the best, because Joe Rogan's the king yeah. as far as podcasting by goes. Far. But he's he's right up there. Yeah. Um, nobody's around Joe Rogan. But yeah. after that, he's right up there. Right. Like, but there are lots of creators. Do you want to deal with that? No. Not Especially either. if he's really fighting for every dollar. Like right. if you could sign him to some deal and you're like, well, it's worth the money that I'm going to make fine. But if you know, you're, you're going to deal with a guy that is just never going to be happy with you, then but, I don't know that I'm signing up for that. But, that, but that's why I think that that's why I'm a little bit turned off by the whole Joe Budden thing is just because it's like, man, yeah, you're good at what you do. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe, maybe he can prove me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, these DSPs now have been around for a good amount of time to the point where they're almost pretty well oil machines as far as even the way that they're doing the podcast thing and everything like that. Apple has some room to grow. We'll see where they go with that kind of stuff. But as far as the whole game goes, people are learning pretty fast about how to deal with a lot of this stuff. Is Joe Budden really thinking that he brings so much to the table that these, well, the one DSP that would actually make a difference for people to actually switch to being Apple music. Are they the ones that are actually going to give Joe what he wants because they need him that bad? Well, that's what will be interesting to me is like I said, you got to be on Apple podcasts or Spotify to me. Now that's to, that's to continue with your, 
big ass fan base. If you're only looking to just maximize the dollar, which is fine, then there are plenty of places you can go. Um, I'm sure. But but it sounds like that's not what he's trying to do. I, well, I know. I and, and that's what I'm saying. So yeah, he's left with Apple Podcasts to me. And if he doesn't go there, then I'm very interested to see what happens. Now, none of this means that I'm I think the podcast is about to fall off because I think they do have a massive fan base of loyal listeners. And when you have that, you're not going to fall off. No, no, no. I I don't think that they're going to fall off. I I do think like if I was Joe Budden, the one thing that I would be concerned with is that I'm not really worried about my listeners because I think that they'll follow me wherever I go. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them. And but my biggest thing is, it's like what he even said at the beginning of, of that podcast I was listening to is, dude, podcasts are just hard to monetize. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not an easy thing yeah. to monetize yourself. Well, and that's another thing I respect. I, I've always respected the fact that he um, has gone the no ad route for the most part. They've done a couple And, and maybe, maybe that's his plan. And, and that's something that a lot of people haven't done. Right. That's one avenue that I don't see being done a lot is mm. like the whole, we're going to do our ad thing and just do the free platform and call it good. You, you don't see that? I don't see it as often with the, with the higher guys, like with the, uh, with like the Joe Rogans and, and the, the guys that's that pretty much what Joe Rogan's been doing, isn't it? Ads. Yeah. He's, if you go listen to his, if, if you go listen to his podcast on Apple podcast, he's got six minutes of ads before the podcast starts. Oh, I don't even listen to it on Apple. Podcasts. You just do it on YouTube. Yeah. And he doesn't have anything. but that's what I mean. If you listen on Spotify or Apple podcasts to any of these podcasts, that's all it is. It's mm-hmm. everybody's making money on ad revenue. But Joe Budden's one of the few that, to me, doesn't. Everybody else is sponsored by somebody or or running some ads. And that's that's the other thing is... Well, I, 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 guess, I guess since Spotify's been acquiring all these podcasts, so too, that they probably... A lot, a lot of them have gone away from it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of is like... Because once Spotify signs you, they're not going to want you to put ads... They put ads on it. You yeah, don't he do was talking about He was talking about that... Um, and I want to say it was something their contract. He worked it out where he has to he has to okay any ads um, that go over their their yeah, platform, right? Yeah. And I and I mean maybe Spotify's deal, but they, they, all that I'm saying is either way, Spotify's gotta advertise over your shit somehow. Mm. Like you know, like how else are they making money other than you're bringing people to their platform and they're paying $10 a month or whatever. And yeah. that well, can't and be Spotify's that, end game. Well, that's part of Joe's, um, and his quest, I guess. And it's interesting to me is that they're always talking about how much is a stream worth, you know, like in reality, not like yeah. what they tell you, but yeah. in reality and, and then finding out, okay, if a song stream is worth this, what is a three hour podcast stream? That's actually retaining people on this platform for three hours. Like, what is that worth? Yeah. And that is what's interesting to me. And, but where I, where I'm not sure is I can follow the logic of, okay, if I'm keeping people on your platform for three hours, that is valuable if you are advertising over my three hour podcast, if yeah. you're not advertising over it, 
the only real value that I see there is just the, it is the push of getting these fans over to this platform. It's the subscription. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's where I guess I have but a little bit is, of a disconnect when Joe keeps talking, like Joe doesn't want to run the ads, but he wants this value of having people on Spotify for three hours. But what you have to remember, and if you're Spotify, is it's not just like, okay, we got we got Joe's one subscriber over to this platform, and great, we get to charge him 10 bucks a month or whatever mm -hmm. the, the hell it is now. And... But now, because they're on our Spotify subscription, not only are they getting, they're not just subscribing to the Joe Rogan podcast. They're getting, or the Joe, Joe Budden podcast. They're getting everything. They're getting all the podcasts, all the music for $10. Yeah. Like, that's what Joe, I feel like, needs to understand is it's like, dude, Spotify isn't just paying for your podcast. Yeah. Like, they have to be able to afford to give your one subscriber that comes access to all this stuff, ask, access to their entire thing. Right. And here, and okay. And here's my thing. And correct me if I'm wrong. Let's say Spotify's whole objective with the Joe Budden podcast was to bring them over, get all their people onto Spotify. And that's it. That was their main objective. Okay. To pillage the Joe Budden podcast fans. Is that wrong? No, it's a business transaction. Yeah, like to me, especially if there aren't ads being run over the Joe Budden podcast, so there's not like money to split there, whatever. Wouldn't that be the reason Spotify would make the deal? They're not making any money off of ads, so yeah. Yeah, I guess unless there's something I'm missing, it just seems to me like, okay, Spotify made a deal. I don't listen to Joe Budden on, on Spotify, so. I do. All right, does he run ads? No. Then... They aren't making anything off of that other, other than, than the subscriber, which is their part of the deal. That, that's to me. That's why they made the deal. Joe and Rory and Mall and but Parks the, made the deal but, to make money. But at that point, it's exactly what I just said. They're not just getting the, the Joe Bunn podcast. That's yeah, not what they're paying for. The, the subscribers. Right. I know. I know. And that's why Spotify would make the deal and like, say. Like, Joe, are you telling me that you could go off on your own and charge every single one of your listeners $10 a month? Right. To just listen to your podcast? Well, and that's why Spotify can say now, like, okay, you don't like the deal we offered. We'll go our separate ways and be confident that these people, that a huge percentage of the people that the Joe Budden podcast brought over with them are going to stay. Because you came over, you bought your subscription, you have access to all this stuff now. Right. Now, the, now the Joe Budden, you came over for the Joe Budden podcast. But you realize the magic you, of Spotify exactly. and now you're going to stay. And you're going to stay a yeah. good percentage of them. And right. that's, that's, but to me, that was just the business move that Spotify made. It wasn't like underhanded. It wasn't like, it was obvious to but, me. But that's why I'm saying like Joe Schmo, who's listening to Joe talk about this, this, uh, situation can't think far enough down that when Joe tells him, Hey, I brought my listeners over here and this is the way that it ended up happening. And we are, we're not getting valued. They're literally thinking, hell yeah, I went to Spotify and, and I, yeah. and, and they're not valuing Joe. So, you know, Spotify is doing them dirty. Whereas they're playing music all the time on Spotify. They're playing other podcasts all the time, not connecting the dots that, how do you think Spotify is paying for all this bullshit that you stream right. 24 seven? Well, that's what I mean. And, 
in 2018 when you were using Spotify, did you assume they were just this massive money-making company? Yeah. Well, they hadn't profited anything. Right. And you just have to be able to like look at things from different angles and not just now part of it is PR. Like Joe also knows what he's doing as far as like, he knows he can get people riled up that way. And like, he's back to being the underdog. And he wants to get people off of Spotify. So as much as like, you know, he can make them seem like the bad guy and right. stick it to him. Like that's that's what he wants to do. But at the same time, it's his like stick is just getting old to me. <laughs> well, and that's what I was saying is I was like, I used to respect it more. I still respect it a little bit, too. but it's like, man, dude, if you keep doing this, yeah, like when is when is somebody gonna and and you do get to a point too where the way he preaches this stuff, at what point, like you said. You can go charge your fans X amount of dollars to listen to your podcast on some like some yeah. type of subscription, whatever you want to do on your own. You can find a way to do it. So right. at what point if you really value that? Much, yeah. So then. at what point do you do you stop running to these companies with your stuff? Right. Yet preaching about how all these other things and then be mad right. on the other end of. But, but the thing is, if that was even possible, then Joe Rogan would have done it two years. No, ago. I, I know. And, and and I guess that's the thing is it goes back to what Joe was saying. Uh, spot or podcasts are not easy to monetize, so they do depend on these companies to to get them the dollars that they deserve, which they do deserve to be paid mm-hmm. a lot of money because they their uh, attention uh, gathering is like it's crazy. Yeah, like the amount of hours that people spend. Yeah, it, on podcasts is insane. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's just like, dude. You have to you have to be a little bit realistic about this stuff as far as just are you really worth like multi millions of dollars for a podcast all three of you? Yeah, and and that's the thing. If you think so, then by all means go figure it out. And that's why I like whatever. that's why I like Joe Bud. Yeah, whatever. And then but then the reason I sometimes don't and it gets old is because I've seen this song and dance everywhere you go. Whatever. And it's like, but, why do you keep going to these but, places? And then I have to listen to, let's just say that they aren't successful and they aren't worth that and they can't get a deal after this. Then it's going to be countless amount of episodes about how they're not being valued and stuff like that. Yeah. When in reality, you're overvaluing yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, it goes, and we can stop it after this, but it's it circles back to what I said at the very beginning of and why I hate all the... Um, oppression and stuff like that when it comes to this deal is is it's just like, dude, everybody knows you're a big-time podcast. If Spotify can make whatever they want to make on you, they would. They yeah. don't just want to kick the Joe Budden podcast to the no. curb. They no. know they have a commodity there. Correct. But whatever you think you're worth doesn't match with what they think you're worth. And you're saying you have leverage because you can walk away from a million dollars. I agree. They're saying they have leverage because they can let one of the biggest podcasts in the world walk away and not bat an eye. And I agree. And you just both had a good time together and you go your separate ways and you find the next thing. Like, why does it have to be this, like, this oppressed thing? I don't get that. It's because he's trying to set a precedent for creatives that they're just being treated. It's, It's the whole victim thing that I just don't, I don't. Like, yeah, I just get sick of every time. Um, I just, I don't understand like how our world got to the point where it's just like, dude, you signed a contract. It was for two years. 
you guys didn't meet eye to eye at the end of the two years, and so it's done. Yeah. No, no one had to be like taken right. advantage of or like something like that. I feel like, like we've brought wasn't. up situations like this many times, and it, part of it is because it, we always can parallel it to like what we dealt with, and and it, in it, most it, cases, it's not. It's it's literally not. It's not the whole somebody was taken advantage of because the relationship ended. Right. It's it rarely is that. Yeah. But we have to make it into that. Like, why Why does it have to be like that? It, honestly, I think a big part of it is because it gets attention. Oh, yeah, it's the internet. Um, all right, how, how long have we been going on here? How long you got? Um, I got probably another half hour. What, do you, what, what were your thoughts on the old... Uh, I wrote this down as a topic, and now it's already over with. Uh, but the little NBA strike boycott... Whatever it was, did you pay any attention to it? I I don't. I'm not watching it because of that fact, and I'm starved from sports. But I I don't. I don't. No. Um, and and here's here's the thing, and it's not. It's in, like, it's just like, dude. The it's it's to me it's it's uh what's the word? It's um. A lot of it is hypocritical to the point where it's like, okay, if you want to stand for something, I'm all for it. Do it. But actually do it. Like, don't, like, strike and then be like, oh, shit, but this isn't going to affect our paycheck. Well, now we're back on. Because nothing's changed. Like, what what did that do? Other than them just making more marketing things for BLM. Like, what did that actually do? If if you're going on strike, well, when everybody always end, what everybody always says is it brings attention. No, no, that that's that's not like it brings attention, but it didn't bring change. Like that's the point of a strike. Like <laughs> uh, any any workforce, like nurses or something like that, uh, postal workers, UPS, whatever, they don't go on strike to bring awareness. They go on strike because they need more money or they want more health benefits and stuff like that. And unless management changes something. Well, but that's that's the biggest problem I had with this NBA strike thing is it just doesn't make sense to me to say this injustice happened that has absolutely no relation to NBA basketball, which is these guys' jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Entertainment. Yeah, but it's their job. It's entertainment. It's yeah. their job. And and this incident had has nothing to do with now I'm that's not me saying um these are just as important like it I'm not we're not having the argument of what's more important because here's my thing. That that's everyone's answer is like um some things are more important than basketball and this stuff. Okay. okay. But when you like when you're on strike, when Le, when LeBron's on strike, when George Hill is on strike and they want to um, go to the drive-thru or they want someone to cook them a meal or they want their laundry done by some staff member or something. Does that person say no, because there's more important things going on right now? No, because no. that's true. There are more important things going on than making you your dinner for sure. But that's my job is to make you your dinner. And so I'm going to do that now. Okay, add that to, I feel like a lot of these players, they want it to be a job when it comes to 
contract negotiations. Money. And when it comes to all these things, this is my job. Yeah. It ain't just a game. It's yeah. like, it's my job. It's my livelihood. Yeah. I support my family yeah. with this. I got to have my practice time. I Ab- do absolutely. Yeah. And I agree. But you can't have it both ways and then turn around and say, it's just a game. Right. Yeah. What yeah. is it? Your job or just a game? It can't be one when it's convenient and one when it's not. And right. And that's my only problem with it. And it has nothing to do with their stance on the the incident, whatever their activism they they want it to be. By all means, do you like it's your life? But where do you where do you get off like telling your employer who's a who's a basketball owner this thing that happened in Kenosha? I'm not gonna play today. What? Where's the connection? Can you imagine going into your job and saying that? But that's that. It goes back to like we had this discussion about Kaepernick. Like that was my point about the whole kneeling thing. Is it's like, but dude, he was. I, the, I don't have a problem with with you doing what you think is right. See, I have less of like a, in this context. I don't have a problem with the kneeling thing in this context because he's there showing up for his job. He's doing something as a as a symbol. You know what I mean? Like, so but it, but to me, that's different than just saying, I'm not showing up to my job. If they went to put Kaepernick in the game, no, he'd go play. No, it's not because it's part, it's part of the rules. When you show up for your job, you do this, this it's, let's just say it's the employee handbook of the NFL. You go to the game, you stand for the anthem, right, you do I, I all know, the other stuff. And I don't want to get into the Kaepernick argument, but no, 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 you, but, you, but to me, it fits into the same sort of category as far as just like, dude. These guys all have it's their job. Like you can't you can't just say, okay, but but I'm protesting. Like I can't do that at my job. I get fired right. for doing that. But at the same time, let's say your job made you stand up for the anthem every morning and you decided to kneel, I think you'd have an argument that you're allowed to do that. But guess what? Because I'm not on television and and CNN isn't making a huge deal about it, I'm fired the next day. But you could you could fire or you could uh you could file a lawsuit. <laughs> what I wouldn't I, I wouldn't win. You can't say you don't know that because I, you, because you could make the argument that making somebody and this is not me arguing that I'm all about kneeling for the flag. I'm not. But no, I'm. You I'm, could make the argument that telling someone when they get to work to do their job that they have to go stand for the anthem at the beginning of the if day. If it's part of their job, I can. If I hired them to do that, that's what it is. If you hired them to do that, who hires someone to stand for the anthem? But it's like, okay, the, the simplest It's not going to be in your contract. It's the rule. It's it's literally like it's... But that's it's what I'm the saying. the code you, of conduct. But it's you a, could make the argument that it's forced, it's, it's forced it's exa- political speech or no, something. No, no, no. It's, it's exactly like this. Like, the, the simplest way that, that I can explain it is like, okay, um, you have a code of conduct, uh, conduct as an employee, right? And uh, you have an employee handbook. And let's say your job requires a dress code. Like, my job requires me to wear pants every day to work, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say I don't want to wear this color of pants. I want to wear this. Mm-hmm. But they're still pants. I'm still wearing pants. I'm still showing up for work. I'm doing my job. But I'm not following that conduct that my work hired me to follow. Can they fire me for that? I mean, yeah, the yeah, can. but I, that's, uh, that's, that's slightly different than standing in, as opposed to kneeling for the national anthem. 
if you hire a clown to wear a clown suit at your kid's birthday party but you keep and saying, you say, but you keep say, but that's different, dude. You, no, no one's hiring. They didn't hire you to wear pants. They hired you to do a job and then they asked you to wear pants. Like it's different than hiring a clown to wear a clown suit. Like that's part of being a clown. Isn't standing for the national anthem before a game part of being an NFL player? No. Are Playing you sure? football is part of being an NFL player. No, but Patrick, that's like saying that's like saying uh, being a being a. Uh, what if at your job they they all of a sudden required you to do? I can't think of something off the top of my head, but some shit that you totally disagreed with, like that was against uh, against your beliefs. I would be I would be because I'm a free man. I would be free to do what I want, but I'm not entitled to my job. That I could get fired for if I do something that they don't like, that my employer doesn't like. And but, it's up to their full discretion to do so. Yeah, but you could also think that that's wrong. And, I would, and I'm totally free to okay, think that. Okay, that's, but that's my whole thing on Kaepernick. I, if it's me, I'm standing for the anthem. And I also have said repeatedly, like, if an NFL team doesn't want Kaepernick because of whatever baggage they feel he brings, that's their prerogative. But I don't blame anyone for having their opinion on it and being like, um... That's bullshit. They shouldn't require him to stand. Like that's uh, you know. What I mean, you can have both. You can have the opinion that that it, it's the same reason. And again, as, I didn't want to get into the Kaepernick thing. I wanted to focus. No, no, on no. The but NBA. it goes into the NBA thing because everybody can have their opinion about anything. Like you can have the opinion of whether or not I need to wear khaki pants to work. Like you can say that that's bullshit or not. I don't really care. Mm. And neither does my employer. <laughs> like yeah. that's the rule. Like they made the but rule there are for a certain reason. things that if you file a lawsuit that you can get determined that a rule is not a not a just rule. Yeah, but but uh, in a private business that's not unionized, that you, it doesn't matter. Like you do what your employer says. Well, the NFL is unionized, isn't it? It's got an a players association. I'm not sure if that's like a union or not, but yeah. But anyway, yeah. That, to me. That's a whole other debate that I don't even see the, I see some parallels, but the NBA thing to me is we're literally talking about that. It's like Kaepernick saying because of police brutality against black people, I'm not going to go to my game. That's what the NBA did. Yeah. No, like that's it, a it, whole other aspect. And to me, that's an easy, that's an easy no to me. But, but do you like, I see it's just the next step though, I guess is what I'm saying is it's just like, dude, as an employer, like to me, you have to make a certain amount of rules in order to even just have the aesthetic or like what, what even you're trying to like put forward in, in your company. Like, yeah, like, I mean, um, the NFL, you know, probably still is to this day. I don't know about now, but it's just kind of like, dude, the whole reason why they even, they didn't always do the national anthem. Like it's, it's just some, it's an aesthetic that they wanted. And so what they did is they wrote in something that just said, all right, this is the way that we're going to do the national anthem. We're going to play it at the beginning of the game and all the players are going to stand for it. And it's going to be great. And it's going to gain us this patriotic thing that we can market really hard and all this stuff and everybody will love it. And they did for a long time. Mm. And, but that's what it was, is it was something that the NFL wanted the players to do. Yeah. And they have every right to do that as the employer. And that's why I'm saying as soon as you say, okay, well, because they're in the NFL, they can do it to their employer. Well, then guess what the next step is? Well, now when I don't disagree with something, because obviously, quote unquote, you guys aren't listening. So now I'm not going to go to my work. 
but I'm still going to expect you to pay me because I'm LeBron. Right. Like get the, no, no. Well, and that's, that's to me where sports is heading right now, which is a big problem is it's, it's gotten, it's become so accepted to do this stuff now in sports from a segment of the population, a big segment. But when you look at it at, at the big picture, it is like you're, you're like holding your employer hostage because it has yeah. nothing to do with your work. It's like, Hey, we're not playing today unless you pledge X amount of money to this cause I want. It's because it's all marketing, and they're they're beholden to the marketing game. They're not even beholden to the sport. The, it's it's the same even. Why like the NFL didn't need to have the national anthem at the beginning of games. Yeah. Why did they do it? Marketing. It's all marketing. Yeah. They're all beholden to marketing. So, yeah, of course it, it's not. It never has been about the game. Well, right. That's, and that's, that's why they care about it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I, I don't understand when people can't step back and, and just say the simple thing of like, this is, like I said, choose whether it's a job or just a game one. Okay. And assuming it's a job, cause you get paid lots of money for it. It's a commitment. Like all these reasons why they want it to be a job. How, you can't just say I'm not showing up unless it's a strike for a reason. And and whatever that you're striking for, it, it's either accomplished or like, but, uh, and that's, but to me, that's the even more bothersome thing of just like, okay, everybody's free to not show up for work when they want to, like you can risk getting fired. Right. And that's, that's, but I guess fine. to their credit, that's kind of what they did. And they know they're so valuable that they can't get fired. But that, but that's why it doesn't bother me as much. That aspect of it. What bothers me the most is like, you guys are hypocrites. Like you went on strike for what? To raise awareness. No one goes on strike to wear, raise awareness, but just cause nobody does it doesn't mean. Are you, so you're telling me like, Oh, now everybody's aware. It, it wasn't enough that you guys had to put, all this stuff on the court, on the back of your jersey. Well, that's every time but, you play, you have to have this video thing of, but of what's going that's on. That's the thing with but me people is, aren't aware. That's the thing with me with the NBA is so the James Blake incident happens, and the players in this league that's the most pro Black Lives Matter activist league of all time, the players like boycott and strike against that league. That league that is literally like all Black Lives Matter. But everything, but awareness. You're, no, but that's what I'm saying is you are to me. And I thought that was the whole point of when they were even deciding at the beginning of the playoffs to do that. They put all these things into place, whether it's the things on the back of the jerseys, whether it's the court to raise, awareness. whether it's all the things they talk about, the 30 minutes that the players have to talk about these things. Yeah. The NBA right now is just a massive black lives matter. Um, Billboard. Yeah. Yeah. And so when something happens that black lives matter wants you to pay attention to, instead of utilizing yourself as that billboard, you strike. It just, it doesn't really make much sense to me. That's, that's, that's where it is to me at the end of the day is, yeah, I, I'm with you. It doesn't like bother me. I'm not get out there and play. It just doesn't no. make any sense to me. It, no. I, it, 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 and it blows my mind that people like regular Joe Schmoes that go to work and do all these things are all for it because it's just like, yo, you could never just turn your job into whatever activist movement you wanted it to turn into or whatever narrative like that. But then but, again, you don't have the power that these guys do. Like celebrities dude, are big I in our culture. I could have and sworn that I heard somebody say, 
multiple people say when that strike was happening that it was for change. I could have sworn that. Probably. But what? What happened? What change happened? That you that the NBA threatened not to pay you? That was well, the change? Well, I, I think they I think they realized that it like I, from that everything I heard would go well, without, get, without getting into the specifics of it, from everything I heard like it was just the Bucks who did it, and then everybody else felt like they had to follow suit. And other teams were actually upset with the Bucks for just going and doing this because it wasn't really well thought out. It really was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. And then okay. they were, then they, but I'm just saying, then they were kind of stuck in it. And that's why it didn't really last because it wasn't some big, well thought out thing by everybody. And all the more reason why I was just like, it didn't really make much sense. It's all stupid to me. It's like, Dude, you are you guys already you're bringing literally the most awareness you possibly can, like literally the most. If you turn and on in, the NBA, what good, is it? And in a good way, like if they are bringing awareness with a strike, a lot of it is like what what we're talking about right now. Like, what are these guys doing? Uh, to you know? me, it's negative awareness. But that's what I'm. That's what I mean. Yes, you are. You got people talking, but <laughs> you're, it's not necessarily good for the movement you're trying to. Yeah, and and to me, I'm like I. I mean, I don't. Like with something like that, I don't know how it could be positive. I I understand that like they're wanting like all that thirty second stuff, the court stuff, the jersey stuff. I get how some people might think that that's positive. I don't, but I get how some people might think that that's positive. I think it's positive but if that's your if that's your movement. Like it's it's fine when we can agree to disagree. But the bottom line is to me, it's like the other thing. How like you guys just didn't show up for work and you think that that's positive awareness and. People are gonna. No, I agree with that. I don't think that's like, positive. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, there's a difference between attention and like actual good awareness of people. Like going up to somebody and being like, "Give me your money for this movement." Like that's awareness. There, it's on their mind when you do that, but yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, all right, that's been like an hour and a half almost. We can kind of leave it there, I guess. We got a big fantasy football draft on Thursday. You ready? No. Have you had any yet? No. How many leagues are you in this year? Just one so far. Just ours? Yeah, because I'm just kind of nervous as to like. I think <laughs> this, you're nervous. This year is gonna be a massive clusterfuck. I feel like. Well, I'm just for ours. I'm just giving us shit tons of um, IR slots. So if someone gets COVID, you can just put them on your IR. Yeah, I mean that's fine, but it's it's still to me like. I'm brazing myself for how many how many positive tests are you gonna have in a week of major players that affect your lineup that, and then the next week they're like, oh, our bad, not really positive. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting. It's gonna be a weird year, that's for sure. I mean, apparently it's got like practice has gone pretty well. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's easier to keep one team insulated than it is to keep everybody insulated for a season. I just like that 77 out of 77 <laughs> false positive tests is literally. Insane. So that was, that was saying 77 NFL players tested positive for COVID and all 77 were false. Is that mm-hmm. what it was? Yeah. So 100%. there were no, there were no actual positives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all this COVID shit is crazy, dude. Uh, that is insane to me. How is that even possible? So you're telling me we're going to have an NFL season that that craziness doesn't happen? 
No, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's just going to be a different. I, I think it's going to be more. Yeah, it's just going to be a weird fucking year. The, what's going to be really crazy is when it comes to quarterbacks. Because they can affect a game so much. Quarterbacks like, and running backs. Yeah, you're ready to go into this big game, and it's like Pat Mahomes isn't playing. Yeah. Or Lamar Jackson isn't playing because yeah. of, of a COVID test. Um, it's going to be weird. And uh, then and then come to find out Monday that it was false. Yeah. And then, like, how... <laughs> like, can't wait to be so pissed every day. <laughs> Just got to draft that depth. Oh man! Are All we right, do, are we doing a snake or auction? Auction? Oh, you laid the hammer down. Yeah, I mean, I actually talked about this on maybe the last pod. Just the difference between the auction draft and the snake draft, and I just, I really think if you know your shit, an auction draft gives you an advantage over like a snake draft. Everybody's gonna get a solid player every round. No, I I agree with you on. on I actually all that. just did an auction draft and I kind of f- mismanaged it. Really? Which that's what I'm saying though. If you can you can fuck it up. Yeah. Like I just ended up with money at the end and I was like, fuck. Yeah. I like I still got players I liked and everything because I went into it like with the plan to kind of bargain hunt and yeah. And I did, and I'm happy with my team, but I'm also pissed that I left that with money on the table. Money, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you never want that. But you do get to a certain point where it's like there's just not anybody left to yeah. spend it on. So you gotta be smart about it. But yeah. Yeah, um, draft on Thursday, um, and then we can talk some fantasy football next week. I can't give away any of my secrets to Moti, <laughs> defending champ. I've I've been in the uh, the one out of five years that I've been playing in that league with you. You've what? Well, I've been playing five years in that league with you, right? Sounds about right. Three, no, four out of the five. I've been top four. No, did, top three. Did you come on the pod to flex? Top three. And I won back-to-back championships. You won back-to-back ships, that's for sure. I don't know about all the other stuff. Well, I was sixth last year. Or not last year, the year before that. I was third last year. And who was first? You, finally. Jeez, took it long enough. Yeah, right, dude. (laughs) All right, that's it for today. Um, Oh, I do want to leave with uh, RIP Chadwick Boseman. I think it's... One of the most amazing things that he he filmed all these action movies and did so many things the last four years while he was fighting colon cancer. I had no idea he had cancer. I can't say whether it was common knowledge or not. It sounds like it wasn't, but I never heard anything about it. But seeing that he was doing that, filming all those movies, going to visit kids that have cancer to give them hope. Meanwhile, he's struggling with it himself and not telling people about it and making it a, a public thing. What a warrior. I just respect that mindset so much. Um, I hope I can have that type of fortitude and and humility, and we definitely need more of that in our world. Um, I just respect that a lot. So RIP Chadwick Boseman. Um, that's it for the pod today. Thank Moti for coming out. Uh, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you get the pod in your library right away. Holler at me at Packy Raps on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. Also, when it comes to the anchor ads you guys are hearing at the beginning of podcasts, I'm test I'm, I'm trying it out um, just to see their sponsorship aspect and what it, what it will result in. But I'm not going to, on new episodes, you won't hear that. But every time a new podcast is posted, then the previous one will have an advertisement at the beginning. Um, and I don't know if those will stick around or not, but if you listen for the first week a new pod comes out, you won't have to listen to that. But 
um, just to give you a heads up. But, yeah, I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand. I get my blood to the job and I get my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand.